was a drug addict, drowning in drugs and alcohol with no hope whatsoever. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Lay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution. God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Lay. Hi, this is Evangelist On Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we are talking about people with real problems who found answers in a real God. Today, we're going to be talking about the evils of drug addiction. Yes, we're going to talk about how it starts, what it leads up to, but sometimes in life, and I've been one of those people growing up, we can think we would never end up as a drug addict. And that addicts, when we see them, we're like, oh, it's those people out there. But I believe that drug addicts are just the type of people that Jesus would come minister to today. With us today is Dan Robbins, who is a minister, but has experienced drug addiction to methamphetamines, cocaine, and alcohol abuse in his life before he became a Christian. And Jesus literally ministered directly to set him free. Dan, welcome to the show. Hey, Jan. Good to be here. Awesome, brother. Dan, I know that it wasn't always where you were, you know, a minister, but that you were at one point an addict to alcohol, methamphetamines, and even cocaine. How old were you when you first started getting into cocaine? Well, getting into cocaine, I was about 16 years old. The alcohol and others, I was a little bit younger, but about 12 to 13 years old when I first started getting into substance abuse. Wow. What appealed to you the most about cocaine at that time in your life? Well, I had just moved up to Aspen, Colorado. I had been living with my mom, got into some trouble, and they actually kicked me out of the city of Colorado Springs due to various court things. Anyhow, I was living in Aspen, Colorado with my aunt and just was offered it one time from one of the students in school and thought I would try it out. And first time I did it, I loved it. Wow. So like there's some type of appeal with it. Like it made you feel a certain way. It filled something for you. Is that right? Yeah, I was at that time in my life pretty depressed just from the situations being, you know, shipped away from my hometown and the feeling just, it gave you a sense of euphoria. So it kind of took me out of my reality of where I was at and could give me this false sense of good feelings, you know, a euphoric Mm. feeling. Wow. Almost like confident or feeling filled. Is that right? Yes. Confident, happy, joyful, but it was very short-lived. Wow. And then that led on to something else where there's another time in your life you also got into methamphetamines after you got into cocaine. What got you using meth? So there was a series of events due to my using the cocaine and aspen, and I was on probation at that time. Actually, I tested positive for cocaine. I was shipped to a facility in Grand Junction where I stayed for about six months, six to nine months because of a positive drug test that I was given on probation. And actually, after that happened, they shipped me back to Colorado Springs. Wow. Where I was around my old friends that I grew up with in high school, which was the reason that I kind of had all those court cases where they shipped me out of Colorado Springs, but they shipped me back 
And my friends had progressed from, you know, pot and alcohol into the methamphetamines. And because I had done the cocaine, I wasn't afraid of the methamphetamines. And when I did that, I was hooked after the first time. Now, methamphetamines, it's like a whole nother animal, right? It's something that almost kind of sucked you in. Like you like literally immediately became an addict to that. Is that right? Yeah, it was like the feeling that I got from cocaine, except it lasted for a lot longer. And I thought, man, this is great. Now I can feel good for hours on end. Wow. So you're doing this in this time. But when you were younger, you never, ever thought you would end up, you know, using these substances. How did this all start when you were younger? Well, I came from a broken home. Parents were divorced. My dad was a drug addict. Mom was a religious, you know, she was in a religious group. And I can't really say exactly why it appealed to me so much, but maybe I wanted to be like my dad. And I saw the lifestyle that he lived and something just appealed to me by that lifestyle. At the time, I couldn't explain it. Now I could explain it probably a little bit better. But at that time, I was just appealed to that lifestyle. Hmm. Drugs, alcohol, you know, as you hear sex, drugs, and rock and roll, I was just appealed to that lifestyle. Wow. Which, you know, you grew up in a religious background, which would normally say to never do that. But something just kind of sucked you into that whole lifestyle, right? Exactly. And it sounds like it was trying to fill you. Like, you know now, and looking back, you know, why do people get into this stuff, at least for you? For me, it was... Though I didn't know it at the time because I was only 12, 13 years old when I started getting into pot and then the cocaine and methamphetamines. But I was lonely. I was hopeless, felt insecure, felt depressed, felt unwanted, unloved, rejected. All of those feelings that I had as a young kid, although I couldn't explain it adequately back then, that's how I felt. It was just feeling empty, alone scared. I was really scared of everything, depressed, rejected, wasn't accepted by the religious community my mom was involved in, wasn't accepted at school. It was just feeling very rejected. And those feelings led into that. And it was an escape for me. Wow. And I think that's something for a lot of people to know about is that this escape, that it was an escape and it created this kind of false sense of like freedom, for you, right? This false sense of freedom from all of those insecurities, all of the fears. Like, and I remember you and I were talking at one point, you said that it helped to make you feel like you could win in life or that you could function versus without it, you couldn't function. Yeah. It gave me like a confidence that I didn't have. It gave me this sense that everything was okay. Yeah. That I could make it, that it was going to be fine. Confidence. It just gave me a sense of something that I was missing, you know, in my mind, it gave me something that I didn't possess as a kid. Mm. And then how did you feel when you'd crash from not having it? Well, that's the thing. That's a a long story because, you know, what I thought as a kid, when I started doing this stuff, I thought, okay, this is going to give me the confidence. It allowed me to talk to people. I felt more secure inside, but then it led me into all these different things because now all of a sudden, you know, drugs are not cheap and they're not free. So because of the drugs, I began to create more problems in my life. that were never there before. So I started breaking into houses. I started shoplifting. I started doing all of these things 
which would ultimately lead me to, you know, being incarcerated and being put in prison when I was in my twenties, it led into all these other problems that I didn't realize that I didn't recognize because I was so clouded by the drugs and the alcohol. It just created more and more problems in my life. What I thought was giving me security and giving me hope and giving me completeness was actually clouding my mind and leading me into utter destruction. Wow. You know what? Let's stop there. Dan, I actually want to have you on our show again because I'm understanding that there is a huge process that you went through in order to get set free from all of this. But it just sounds like just this horrible never ending kind of like a trap, like step into one and then it leads into another and then another leads into another. And it just seems like it's just this constant downward path. Dan, thanks so much for sharing with us. I want to have you back on our next show. Absolutely on. Thanks for having me. Wow. Everybody, let's talk more about this right after the break. Real life is made possible this week with the help of On Fire Merchant Services and our Awakening the Nation's monthly giving partners. If you own your own business taking Visa and MasterCard, call and get a quote from On Fire Merchant Services. On Fire Merchant Services is on fire to serve you. Look them up at onfiremerchantservices.com or call them at 877-333-6682. That's onfiremerchantservices.com or 877-333-6682. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at awakeningthenations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's awakeningthenations.com or 877-480-4477. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. What do you think about this? You know what really stood out to me? It was that Dan's motivation of using the illegal drugs was to give him a sense of, you know, making him feel better so that he could operate better. And what's interesting is that a sudden dependency was developed. And it sounds like the drug has an effect of swallowing you alive, almost like it's enslaving you. Let me explain. Another interesting fact is that he said in his life he had no real direction and how easily he just stumbled into cocaine and meth addiction. Easy in, but doesn't sound like it's an easy out. And that's the thing about life. When we don't really know where we're going, we don't really know what we're doing, we can stumble into things that are actually traps. And I think when someone starts using drugs, they start believing the lie that they're in control because they're the one getting the drugs and putting it in their bodies. However, the opposite is the truth. What would the Bible say about drugs and drug addiction? Well, in the book of John 8.34, it says, Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. Now, using drugs, people can say is harmless, but the Bible calls it sin, and we weren't designed to use it. And how do you know? Because it enslaves you just like sin. It wants to own you. Easy in, but once you're in, there might not be a way out. It's like a trap door that hits when you enter into the box. It's designed to ensnare you and entrap you. It's not this easygoing thing, this good thing. It is a bad thing. Now, sometimes we can say, well, everyone else is doing it. Yeah, lots of people, they fall into this trap. Once we commit it, we become a slave to it, according to the Bible. And sin always takes you further than you plan to go. 
Sometimes we think, well, I'm just going to go down a little bit. I'm just going to, you know, try a little bit of this. No, it's going to take you. It's almost like a pit. It's like a funnel. Your life will be different. Now, if we find ourselves wandering around without knowing the Lord and knowing His plan for our lives, we might wander aimlessly, not realizing that someone or something, the Bible calls it the devil, is setting a trap for us. The Bible also says in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I'm praying for some young man or young woman who sees their friends doing drugs and thinks, Ah, oh, this isn't harming anyone. This is fun. This is good for me. This is making me feel better. I want to encourage you, take knowledge. You're on a steep decline. You need to ask the Lord to get you onto a new path, the right path. Let's pray. Father God, I'm lifting up the world. I'm lifting up young people. I'm lifting up older people. Some have already fallen into this trap and they're enslaved by these drugs, these addictions. That's why it's called an addiction. They can't get away from it. Father, we pray that you would break them free in the mighty name of Jesus, that we would be able to encounter you to experience freedom. And I'm praying for the young man, the young woman who maybe has not gone towards that way, but is thinking about it. Don't go. Don't do it. Have wisdom. Father God, I pray right now, Lord God, that we can just receive you and believe in you and have a transformed life. In Jesus' mighty name. Hope you're blessed by this testimony. And I know your life was touched. If you need prayer, please give us a call at 877-480-4477. That's 877-480-4477. See you next time.